Welcome to week two of our summer break series. And today, we're going to have a lot of fun together talking about fun. I know that seems like an odd topic, but you'll understand why it's so important for us to talk about that together in the next few minutes. But here's the deal. Summertime is synonymous with fun. It just is, especially for kids and big kids even adults. I mean, we talk about all the fun things you get to do in summertime. You take fun trips, you go fun places. And think about it, through the years, we all have these stories, these summertime stories where we talk about all the fun we had. Hey, remember that one summer when we went to the lake? Hey, remember that one summer when we spent all this time at the beach where we went to the mountains or we used to hang out at the pool and we used to do this? Remember when we went fishing? Remember that one time, that one summer, when we went hiking? And we described these moments where we had so much fun. That's just part of summertime for all of us. Now, for our purposes in the next few moments today, what I want to do is ask you to think about these things when you hear the word fun. Or when you think about fun, think about the word joy. Think about laughter. When you think about fun, think about enjoying life or living a life that is full of life. Because when we talk about fun, these are the kinds of things that we're talking about. And these things, very important things, these things add so much meaning to life. Now, sadly though, unfortunately, so many Christians and specifically churches are more synonymous with rules. And when you hear the word Christian or you hear the word church, you think rules. So much, so many people in our, our culture think negativity and you better not. You better watch your step. You better not step out of line. And that's what most people in our culture have a tendency to gravitate to when they think of Christians and churches and Christianity. That's so sad. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that these things are seen as shallow often. They're seen as unnecessary, even unspiritual. Because let's face it, there's a lot of pain in the world. There's a lot of suffering in the world. We need to be serious. We need to focus because there's a lot of people out there that are facing hard times and great challenges and there's so much pain and there's so much evil. We don't have time for fun. Fun is not necessary. We don't need fun. We need to be serious. We need to be focused. Wait, 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 wait. I get it. I get where people are coming from. When they say things like that. And if you're thinking that, I want to ask you to hang with me for the next few moments. Because I think what we're going to do, we're going to discover there's a lot of value and a lot of purpose behind these words, these concepts, these phrases when it comes to the word fun. Because it's necessary. These things are necessary. We need it. Yeah, it lightens the load of life and keeps us going. But beyond just being necessary, fun, enjoying life, laughter, joy, being full of life is actually spiritual. Yeah, it honors God. If you trace the narrative of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, you see these themes coming up time and time and time again as something that God actually wants his sons and daughters, his children, God's family to experience. People like me and you. If you think about it, if you're a parent or a grandparent, especially if you're a grandparent, but even if you're a parent, think about this. Does it not bring you great joy to watch your children enjoy 
the things that you've provided for them? Do you not feel honored? Do you not just kind of feel this sense of pride and accomplishment? Does it not bring you joy to see your children experiencing joy with the things that you've provided for them? To watch them laugh and have a good time, enjoying themselves. And if you and I as parents and grandparents, as human beings, understand that, how much more must God take great pleasure in watching us enjoy the life that he has given to us so graciously. And, and, and here's another angle <laughs> to look at it. When it comes to this whole idea of fun, our life and our faith would be so much more attractive to the world around us if they could see us having more joy laughing more, enjoying life more, living a life that is full of life. Yeah, if we just had more fun and they could see that. Don't you think our life and the faith that we say we have would be so much more appealing to those around us? Absolutely. So here's what I want to do. I want to ask you to go on a journey with me. Just for the next few moments, just kind of a quick journey through the scriptures. And I want to show you what a big deal this is, and how it comes up time and time again. And I want us to start in the wisdom writings of King Solomon. And we're going to go to the Proverbs, and we find a proverb in Proverbs 15, 13 that says, A glad heart makes a happy face. A glad heart makes a happy face. Now, life is not always happy. We get it. I know that. You know that. But the truth is, a glad heart makes a happy face. Now, what I want to point out here is the fact that there is a correlation between what happens in here, a glad heart, and he's not talking about your blood-pumping muscle. He's talking about your mind, your person, what happens on the inside of you, a glad heart. On the inside, has a way of showing up on the face, on the outside. In another proverb, Solomon writes this to his children. A cheerful heart is good medicine. It is healing. It is helpful. It just makes things go better. A cheerful heart. A little bit later on, again, we're just journeying through the scriptures just a little bit. A little bit later on, he writes in the book of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon writes, So I commend... The enjoyment of life. In other words, I recommend people enjoy life. And this is, this is why he says that. He said, because there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. That sounds like a great time to me. The enjoyment of life. Then he goes on and explains. Because then, when someone is enjoying life, joy will accompany them in their toil. In the hard days, in the rough stuff, in the challenging moments, all the days of the life that God has given them under the sun. In other words, it lightens the load. Enjoying life, finding moments where you can enjoy things a little bit. Experience some joy. Laugh a little bit. Yeah, it makes the journey doable. It lightens the load because there's going to be toil. There's going to be difficulties. And enjoying life makes it doable. Fast forward to the New Testament. Do you know that Jesus talks about this too? Yeah, he does. Talks about it in different ways. One day Jesus was talking to his followers. And this is what he said his purpose for his followers were. Jesus said, my, my purpose 
is to give them, his followers, a rich and satisfying life. Now, he does not mean rich as far as monetary rich. Nothing wrong with having money, but that's not what he's talking about here. He's saying a life, remember that phrase, full of life? A life that is full of life, a rich and satisfying life. He said, my purpose is that those who follow me, he actually, in some translations, is translated abundant, is for my followers, my purpose, my followers to have abundant life. Life in all of its fullness, a rich and satisfying life. Kind of makes you stop and think. I'm a follower of Jesus, and would I describe my life as a rich and satisfying life? Yeah, that's God's purpose. That's what Jesus wants for me. That's what Jesus wants for you and all of us as his followers is to experience that. Let's go a little bit further. Paul, the apostle, is writing to Christians in the first century, and he says this about the fruit of the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit of God produces in our lives. But the fruit of the Spirit, and there's a list of about nine things here, love, but look at the second one, joy. And then peace. And then he goes on. But look at that joy. That the purpose of the Spirit of God within us is to produce joy. It's a work of God in you. It's a work of God in me. Here's why this is so significant. If some people say, well, I'm just not a joyful person. I'm just not a happy person. Just my nature. I'm just, I'm just more serious. No, 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 no. No. If you are a follower of Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit of God within you, and you do as a follower of Jesus, then the Holy Spirit produces joy within you. So he does it. It's his work. So everyone can be joyful. That's why Paul goes on in a couple of other places. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. Always be full of joy. And when it comes to joy, Paul is saying, I want you to be full of it, always. And say, that's not realistic. That's just not, how can you say that? How can you, okay, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. But look at this, to the Thessalonians, he says, always be joyful. You get this sense that God wants us to do this, that God wants us to experience this. In fact, what I believe is the best way to describe what God would have us do in response to seeing how this pops up time and time and time again, enjoying life, living a full, rich, and satisfying life, and always being joyful and, and, and looking at life through this lens. I, I want to give you just a very simple, a very simple, and you know me, if you've been around the summit long enough, I love things that are simple. It's just so much easier to do when it's simple, right? Because life is complicated enough as it is. This is so simple. It is so simple. It doesn't mean it's easy. But here is a very simple way for us to actually experience what we're seeing play out through the Scriptures and the story of the Bible. Because it includes me and you. It's just simply this. To choose joy. Yeah. Imagine how much more fun life would be if you and I would simply just choose joy. Joy. That is so simple. It is not easy, but it is so simple. Make a decision to choose joy. It's a mindset. It's something you decide. It's not circumstantial. It's not something that's dependent upon how I feel or how things are going. 
Because here's the deal. I don't get to choose my circumstances a lot of the time. In fact, most of the time, we don't get to choose what happens around us or what happens to us. But we can always choose how we respond to what happens around us and what happens to us. And we can choose a joyful demeanor. We can choose joy. We can choose moments of laughter and moments of enjoying life, even in difficult times. We can choose a life that is full of life. And it's not dependent upon my feelings. Well, I'm just not feeling it. Okay. Happens to all of us. And we're not just dependent on the perfect situation. Because the situation is hardly ever perfect. In fact, it's never perfect. But you can still choose joy. Now, this is not saying that life is always going to be easy. And this is not saying that life is always going to be enjoyable. Because, listen, we've lived long enough to know that's not the case. And here's the deal. It wasn't the case for those in the first century that this was written to. This wasn't the case back then. Back in the first century, they had very few conveniences. Most of the conveniences in the modern world that you and I enjoy that make our lives so much more enjoyable and doable, they didn't have. Life was hard, barbaric, primitive in the first century. So if you lived in the first century, life was hard enough as it is. And if you were a follower of Jesus in the first century, your life was a little bit harder. And, and sometimes a whole lot harder. So it's hard enough as it is, and now I'm a follower of Jesus. Now it's, now it's even more, it's more difficult because I'm following this guy that so many people hated, and they crucified him, they murdered him, put him on a cross, and he died. And yes, we know why he died, and, and that's why we follow him, but culture doesn't see it that way. And now they're mistreating us because we follow him. And if you lived in the first century, you were often persecuted for following Jesus. And so that's why Luke records Jesus. I want you to get this. This is huge. Luke records Jesus talking to the first century Christians, the first century followers of Jesus, in regards to when they are persecuted for following Jesus, when their hard life is now even harder because they're following Jesus and they're suffering the consequences culturally for doing so. Look at what Jesus said. When that happens... When you are persecuted for following me, be happy. Now we're back to fun. Yes, leap for joy. Not that it's enjoyable, not that it didn't hurt, not that it's not difficult to go through, but it's a choice. Decide to be happy. Leap for joy. Why? Because a great reward awaits you in heaven. Jesus said, elevate your perspective. Not if this happens to you, but when this happens to you. Because those people in the first century were thinking, man, they, they followed Jesus. They must have had it so easy. No, they had it so hard. So this is not saying, this whole idea of choosing joy is not saying that life is going to always be easy or always be enjoyable. But you can still choose joy. Or Jesus wouldn't have had them do that. He wouldn't have asked them to do that if it were not possible. Let me take it one step further. Choosing joy is not about denying the harsh realities of life. Let's be honest. Life is tough. My life gets tough. Your life gets tough. In fact, some of you watching this right now, your life is extremely difficult right now. For different reasons for everyone, but let's be real. Life is tough. And so, get this. Jesus' little brother, James, wrote as the 
leader of the first church in the first century, he wrote to this first group of Christians and he addressed the fact that we got to be real. We got to be real. This whole thing of choosing joy, we got to be real about what's going on in life. But even then, he puts it into perspective. Watch what he says. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, not if, but when, look at this, consider it an opportunity for great joy. He didn't say it was enjoyable. No, he just said it was trouble. Trouble's not fun. Trouble's not enjoyable. But even then, you can choose joy. Consider it. It's a decision. Decide. This is an opportunity for joy. For you know, you know this. It just makes sense, right? You know this. That your, when your faith is tested, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. You know this. That when you go through difficult times and I go through difficult times, it grows us. It changes us. In fact, we say it. I'm a better man because of this. I'm a better woman because of this. And we describe something difficult. We describe something painful. We describe a trouble that we have survived. And we talk about how we grew and how we changed and how God did amazing things in our lives in spite of it all. We talk about that kind of stuff. And we love hearing those kinds of stories. That's why James said, so when you go through times that are not enjoyable and not all that fun, you can choose. Even then, you can choose joy. In fact, if you look through history, one of the hallmarks of Jesus' followers is the fact that they seem to find a way in the most insurmountable, against the insurmountable odds of life, in, in the most difficult of circumstances, Jesus' followers seem to always find a way to choose joy, to still laugh and enjoy life and live a life that is full of life in spite of all of it. It's one of the Hallmark descriptors of what it means to follow Jesus. Choose joy. Often. Choose joy over and over and over again. You just got to decide. Doesn't mean it's easy. And doesn't mean you don't have problems. Jesus' brother, James said, no, you're going to have problems, but those problems are an opportunity for you to choose joy because something great it's going to come as a result of all of those difficulties. Choose joy. Find the moments. Create the moments, if you have to, of fun and laughter and enjoyment. Choose to focus on the good things. Highlight the good things. You have a choice. You do not always have a choice of what happens to you. We've already said this. But you almost always can choose how you respond to it. So make a decision to focus and highlight the good in your day, in the moments of your day, in your week, over and over and often, not just this summer, but in your life. Choose joy. Be intentional. Find the moments. Create the moments with your family. Find the moments. Create the moments with yourself. Just kind of get alone with yourself and kind of survey and say, okay, this is going wrong and that's going wrong. Hey, where's the good in this? Hey, where, you know what? Let me just kind of call a timeout and let me, let me do something fun. Let me mark out some space to enjoy life a little bit 
because that's what lightens the load when life gets really difficult. Choose joy. Hey, do you remember those stories that your grandparents used to tell you? Maybe your parents, but especially your grandparents, or maybe an uncle used to tell you. When you were a kid and you would complain uh, about you know, something that's going on in your life, or you were talking about how bored you were, or how hard life was, you know, they would come with these stories. You know the stories I'm talking about, the stories that sound like, when well, you used to walk to school uphill both ways like 10 miles you know in the rain and the snow and the hurricanes and all that you know they decide sad stories and you be like uphill both ways how's that possible but you know the way they told it you just like wow you know those stories right hey we we didn't have nothing and we always had a good time we used to have to make kickballs and soccer balls out of manure and we loved it we loved it and we had fun too we didn't talk about how bored we were. Remember those stories? Yeah, those crazy stories. You know what that's all about? Deep down, that's all about them trying to tell you you have to choose. You have to choose the good. You have to choose to make it good. You have to choose the situation that you're in and find a way to choose joy. Yeah, to enjoy life, to find moments of laughter, to find moments where you can focus on the good. Now, here's the truth. At times, choosing joy and laughter and enjoying life is going to be really easy. And man, isn't it fun when it's easy to choose joy? Yeah, when things are going good, when something great happens, you've had a string of really good days, and then you have this moment that just gets even better. Yeah, you just love it when it's easy. But often... You're going to have to choose joy because it's not going to be easy and it's not going to come natural. What's going to come natural is complaining and griping and fussing and, and seeing the worst and just gloom and doom. That's often what comes natural to us human beings. That's why we have to choose in spite of the challenges we're facing. But here's the deal. Choosing joy in spite of of the challenges you're facing is often when joy is experienced at its greatest level. You know this is true. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. I can remember my trips to Africa, Burkina Faso, West Africa, third world environment where they have nothing. And you watch them out in the bush. Here we are, where we build wells and and, and help encourage and bring people hope. Yeah, you, you look at that and always was amazed to see how joyful the people were. You talk to people who've been to a third world country, and maybe you've been to a third world country yourself in those environments. Isn't it amazing how joyful so many of the people are? And they have nothing, none of the things that we love and, and gravitate to to make our lives enjoyable. They don't have that stuff. And yet I would watch these people at the end of the day. They don't have access to clean water, uh, not, you know, no electricity, all the conveniences of life. At the end of the day, they gather and dance, and they sing and play music, and they smile. And I know some of you are thinking, well, they don't know what they're missing. They don't know the difference. That's why, that's why they're ignorant. They just don't know what they don't have. No, I, I beg to differ. I, I think they do know. I think in this world, enough people like me 
And you have come by to help them where they can look at us and go, wow, they have so much that I don't have, and yet they choose joy. You ever known someone who's dying with cancer? You ever known someone who had a disease that was about to take their life? Have you ever noticed, in spite of all of the pain and through all of that, just how focused they were and, and how joyful they often seemed in spite of all of the pain and the sadness? Yeah. What's going on there? Man, they are laser focused. They know what matters and they know who matters and they have made a decision. Let's talk about the good stuff. Let's focus on the good stuff. Tell me this story. Let me tell you a story. Let's laugh together. Let's watch a funny movie together. Let's enjoy life in these few moments that we have left together. So it's definitely something that can be chosen, no matter how challenging life is. And even, again, I know we're tired of talking about it, but even in this COVID-19 quarantine world experience that we've had this summer, and we're still having in, in many ways, I've heard your stories. I, I've read the emails of the priceless moments that you've shared together with your family. And yeah, I know you're all up in each other's space and eventually that gets too much and you start you know, driving each other nuts. But I'm talking about the, moment, the moments that you kind of step back and go, wow, this would not have happened. We're having so much fun. We're, we're, this, is, this is a great memory and we're really enjoying this. And this wouldn't have been possible had it not been for us being forced inside together during this pandemic. Because see, you know it is something you can choose. You don't have to wait for joy. You can choose joy. Even when life is not enjoyable, you don't have to wait for your feelings to play along. You don't have to wait for circumstances and situations to come into alignment. You can simply choose joy. And this is what God wants for us. As followers of Jesus, God wants us to choose joy. So, question. First of all, acknowledge where joy in your life is, is coming easy. Right? Where is it in your life where it's easy right now? I mean, it's easy to be joyful because things are good at the office or things are good financially or, or things are good with your health or things are great in your marriage and things are good at home with your family. And so it's easy to be joyful. Acknowledge that and celebrate that. But here's a bigger question. Where is it? where joy is the hardest, the most challenging to choose. Where is the challenge the greatest to choose joy? Now, that's probably an easy one for you to answer, too. For some of you, you know it. It's financially, or it's my health, or it's my marriage, or it's with my children, or it's with my job, or it's with my mental state and the anxiety I'm dealing with. Where is it that you're having such a difficult time choosing joy? There, even there, in that situation, God wants you, and he wants to strengthen you and help you to do just that. He wants you to choose joy. He's going to help you Choose joy. And my prayer for you is that even when life is not enjoyable this summer and the rest of your life, that you can find the grace and the help from the Spirit of God that produces joy within you to choose 
These moments where you can enjoy life and laugh and live a life that is full of life and choose the joy that he wants to bring you. When life is great and it's easy and when life is challenging and it's hard, choose joy. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this reminder. Thank you for this teaching and the reality of how you want us to enjoy life. You have taught us to choose and create moments regardless of how challenging our lives will be where we focus on the good and we highlight what's best and we simply choose joy. Thank you for the moments when it's easy to choose joy. Help us in the moments where it's challenging. And I know that there are those brothers and sisters that are here together listening in and watching and they see the areas of their lives that's real easy and then they know the areas of their lives where it's really challenging. So Father, we ask that you would help us have the strength to choose joy in all situations, to find the moments and create the moments with each other and with ourselves, knowing that when we do so, we honor you, our Heavenly Father, who wants to see us enjoy what you have entrusted to us, this one and only precious life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this second week of our summer break series. And I know that a lot of you have probably been wondering and you're thinking, you know, hey, when are we going to get back together in person and worship, you know, at our you know, worship God at our locations and, you know, Oak Ridge, Kernersville, Jamestown. There's so many people asking these questions. I want you to know that we are working on that. Right now we're waiting on the governor, Governor Cooper, to come out with his next kind of explanation of where we are and how things are going to go for the next little while, and hopefully in the next week or two, he'll come out with some more information specifically about schools and things that apply to us at a church setting like this. So uh, once we hear from him and, and what the next guidelines are, then we'll reconvene as a staff and as a leadership, and we'll figure out the next steps, the best next steps. I just want to say thank you for your patience, and thank you for hanging in there. In online just a great blessing that we can connect this way. So keep hanging in there and keep joining us online. Keep finding ways to serve. Keep giving online. Let's keep giving and keep serving and keep engaging and attending all the things that we would do if we were together physically. Physically, let's keep doing it this way until we're able to come back together again. And we will let you know as soon as we know and as soon as we come up with a way that is best and wise so stay tuned, and we will see you next week for week three of Summer Break. Have a great one.